coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. There's a shaman law that um, one of my therapists had taught me, and I thought that that's really helped me a lot. And it there's four different laws that they abide by. It starts when it starts, it ends when it ends, the right people show up, and what happened is the only thing that could have happened. And by embracing those things, um, you know, it really put me, uh, it gave me a peace. It gave me a peace that, you know, someone who's been a control freak her whole life, which I have been, I always have a plan A, B, C, and D, you know, I'm always thinking about the future and worrying about things. I think that I was able to really give a lot of that up and say, you know what, I, I'm going to find the good out of this. I'm going to meet the people that I'm supposed to meet in my life, and I'm going to make a difference in other people's lives. And it really has given me hope and a lot of peace. Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, stories of struggle, hope, and survival in the face of colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 46 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. We've got quite an interesting episode coming up in just a minute. Before I get to that, just an update on some of the events taking place across the country. Coming up on Saturday, August the 6th in Nashville is the next stop for the Undie Run Walk, the 5K Run and One Mile Fun Walk will be at Shelby Park in Nashville on Saturday, August 6th at 8 a.m. The next stop is... Uh, for the Undy Run Walk after Nashville, we crisscross across the country. Two weeks later, on Saturday, August the 20th, in Tacoma, Washington, at Wright Park, also at 8 a.m., is the Undy Run Walk. And then moving into the month of September, hard to believe we're talking about September already, but on Saturday, September the 10th at 9 a.m., uh, at the park right next to the Art Museum in Philly. Ed Yakaki, hopefully you'll be out there for the Philly Undie Run Walk, the 5K Run, one mile walk. Next stop, first stop in the month of September will be in Philly, Philadelphia, PA. And also on that day out in Madison, Wisconsin, is the Scope It Out 5K Run Walk. So lots of opportunities across the country for you to throw on your undies pair of running shoes for a really good cause and a chance to have a great time. I want to also tell you that if there is someone that you would like to nominate to be a guest on the show, visit the Colon Cancer Podcast website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com and click on the link that says nominate a guest, uh, fill out your information and a little summary as to why the person you're thinking of would be a great guest. And we'll take a look at that. We're always looking to share uh, inspiring stories with our audience want to take a minute and thank the sponsors of our show, H2ORS. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution. Those of you who are struggling to stay hydrated, perhaps because you're on chemo, you have an ostomy, whatever it may be, uh, H2ORS is a product that you really should take a serious look at. Unlike the popular sport drinks, H2ORS does not contain any artificial colors, sugar, artificial sweeteners. And for the listeners of the show, if you visit their website at H2ORS forward slash sample, they'll send you out a couple of 
free samples. And when you're ready to make your first purchase, use their website, h2rs.com, as the promo code when you're checking out and you'll get 10% off of their order. My guest this week is a returning guest. Dawn Eicher was on the show uh, over a year ago. Uh, she was one of the first young survivors that I interviewed uh, shortly after we launched the Colon Cancer Podcast. Uh, she was uh, launching a big petition drive uh, to raise awareness about uh, everything to do with Never Too Young and um, got a lot of press and a lot of coverage. And uh, I noticed online that Dawn had started a small Facebook group for folks who are NED, which stands for No Evidence of Disease, or those of us who feel like we're NED, and to talk about the, the, the different challenges that one faces post-treatment. Uh, it's, uh, it's a different world, and those of us uh, who are not in treatment still have issues, and I invited Dawn uh, to come back on the show. We had a really, uh, I think, good conversation going back and forth about what are some of those challenges that people face after treatment, uh, talk about survivor guilt, uh, and, and uh, I think you'll enjoy this conversation. So join me now for my conversation with Dawn Eicher. Hi, Don. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Goodness, it seems like yesterday, but I was checking my list and it's been over a year since we uh, had you on the show. And I know a lot has transpired since then. A lot has. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> You're welcome. So the first thing I want to ask you about is last time we spoke, you were in Southern California. Is that right? Yes. And now you are where? We are in Hawaii. <laughs> we moved and to the Big Island. <laughs> I was just going to say the word is moved, not vacationing. How That's did that right. come to? How did that come to be? Um, you know, we uh, we were actually looking at uh, buying a vacation property when um, I right, like the month or before we were I was diagnosed, and um, we decided uh, you know to put all that on hold um, while we battled with cancer. And uh, now that I'm officially uh, two years NED, we decided to go ahead and make the move and make it our house, you know, our home. <laughs> so uh, we. We, we purchased a house over here and uh, uh, we decided to make the big leap and uh, move our whole family over here. So, and it's been a great, great move so far. Really? How, how have the kids reacted? Oh, they've loved it. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's, it's just a lot, uh, it's a very different lifestyle and, you know, we spent a lot of time outside and we were very lucky and we're able to find a property that had a nice pool. And so we get in the pool every day and it's been good exercise for me and, you know, great for them just to be able to spend more time together and, you know, outside enjoying life. How old are your son and daughter? Uh, my daughter just turned six and my son will be four in September. So <laughs> oh, how fantastic. I just love watching all the photos uh, <laughs> on Facebook. And just so the listeners understand, as, as is often the case, and, I, and I'll definitely say, unfortunately, uh, you and I have not met yet face to face. I, uh, I look forward to that happening someday. I do too. Hopefully in November. <laughs> oh, were you uh, planning on being at the conference? I am. I am. I, I just purchased tickets today and we're ready to go. 
Well, then it's going to happen because I'm going to be there. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> yes, and we'll be. I was asked by uh, Kevin Bergeson uh, from the Arizona chapter of the Colon Cancer Alliance. I spoke to him yesterday, as a matter of fact, and they are asking me to come back just like I did last year, and we're going to actually be podcasting from there. Oh, that's exciting. That is so cool. I cannot wait to meet you in person as well. You too. You too. <laughs> so for the listeners, uh, what that means is, and we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but there is the... Uh, uh, conference coming up in Mesa, Arizona in November. And this uh, conference is specifically targeting those of us uh, who are stage four survivors. And uh, not everybody will be able to attend, obviously. So we're going to use the podcasting from the venue as a way to uh, expand the audience and be able to uh, provide a way for people in the community to hear from the medical experts and survivors and people who will be presenting uh, what they're talking about. And we'll post it on the Colon Cancer Alliance website. But that's a few months down the road. Uh, but again, it's, it's great to have you back. And there was a reason why I wanted to have you back, a number of things I wanted to get to. But um, starting with that, you created a Facebook group. Uh, talk about the group what it's about and the motivation behind it. Uh, well, yes, I uh, I created a new group and it's um it's for uh, stage four NED uh, uh, patients. So you know survivors that uh, are actually in the uh, no evidence of disease group right now, um, because there are there are a lot of us. And um, number one, I think it's it's really great to support each other in in the way that. Um, we understand that there's so many late effects, especially with um, many of the stage four people that have had lots of surgeries, um, lots of treatments uh, over the years, recurrences. Um, and, you know, for us, at least for me, from my perspective, I, you know, I always feel almost awkward sometimes, um, you know, talking about some of the difficulties I'm having when some people are still in the fight for their lives. Um, you know, there's, there's, quite a few, you know, cancer groups that I belong to, but also stage four groups in particular. And, you know, one of the things is like, you know, I really feel bad complaining about maybe some of the nerve pain I have or some of these things when some people are like, I'd love to have that over, you know, being on chemo for life. So, you know, I had talked to a couple of the survivors that I'm close with and, and that are, um, you know, in remission right now and asked them, you know, is this something that you would like to see? And they said, absolutely. I feel like it would be a really nice, you know, smaller group, um, of us, but you know, that we could get together and we could talk about, you know, what we deal with on an everyday basis being in remission, but knowing that the other shoe could drop any day and, and those fears and anxieties, um, you know, and just kind of share a different experience with each other. That's really fascinating to me. And I remember when you posted the group and I kind of virtually t and timidly raised my hand and I said, well, I'm not NED, but can I, can I be in the group anyway? <laughs> I felt so badly. But yes, you know, it's really not exclusionary and it's not meant to be. I mean, it, and it's something that if anyone that's stage four wanted to be a part of, they could. I just think we are a different group. You know, we are. And, and I know you get it, even if, you know, even if you're you're still fighting and you're not in the NED group. It's, it's still something that I think only we can understand one another. Mm -hmm. um, it was just supposed to be meant as kind of a safe place where we can complain about 
the everyday woes that we have without, you know, hurting anyone's feelings, you know, because we do have this very special gift we've been given. I always say we're the luckiest of the unlucky. Being able to achieve NED is a miracle in itself. And, you know, and being a long-term survivor of it is even more so. And, And I really think it's, you know, it's something that, it helps to have different perspectives and different ideas. You're right. And, and, and you know, I, I say that kind of half kidding, you know, when I said what I said. But quite honestly, for me, uh, as we speak at this moment, I'm not in treatment. Uh, my next scan is in two weeks. And uh, I do have a uh, something going on, something small, fortunately, and slow growing in my lung. And uh, but I probably right at this moment, I probably feel the exact same way you feel. Uh, I have no physical effects. Uh, I'm in the gym every morning. I work full time. I do this podcast. Uh, and until the doctor tells me otherwise, that's the way I'm going to approach life. So I, I guess I could say I feel NED, which, and to your point, you know, I think there's a lot of us that are like that. And you, you just brought up such a interesting point that I think a lot of people can resonate that resonates with so many people Don is we have issues but there's almost would you say maybe the right word is guilt in in raising quote unquote our issues in say Blue Hope Nation where to your point a lot of people have so much more to be concerned with is guilt probably a right word do you think in some ways Absolutely. I think what really was driving me to start this was survivor guilt. You know, I think there's a big part of me that, you know, I think a lot of people look at you in the in and even when you, you know, talk about some of your fears and your anxieties and everything with just the general public, you know, their idea is, yeah, but you're so lucky to be alive. And that is true. I feel that every day. I am grateful and hopeful for the future. And I, and I, and I definitely am, am so honored and, and, and I know how special it is for us to be in this position, but there's still so much that we have to deal with the fallout of, of everything we've been through, whether it's physical or mental, um, you know, really weighs on all of us. And I think, you know, the group in particular, there's plenty of us that, we share ideas of, you know, how, you know, whether it's physical therapy or, you know, um, you know, psychotherapy or, you know, something that helps us all feel a little bit normal. I think we lean on each other for that normalcy. And I do think guilt is a big part of what we deal with daily because we do lose so many friends every week. Um, you know, and I think another place to feel that freedom of saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe this person just passed away without making any, everyone else feel like, you know, bringing up their anxiety about maybe they're next or something like that. You know what I mean? So sure. Yeah. I I just felt like it was, it was a good um, way to express those feelings in a smaller setting, I guess. And, and with people that could understand that. And and a safe setting. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. Closed group. (laughs) (laughs) So for those people, uh, I'm sure someone's listening going, all right, so what's the group? Uh, For those people that are interested in asking to be a part of the group, what's the name of the group? Uh, it's, it's, I'm trying to look at the exact name just so that they can type it in and find it easier. Um, they can always just, uh, PM me and ask to be added as well. And I'm just under Don Eicher, D-A-W-N-E-I-C-H-E-R. Um, okay. and then, you know, if, if we, if, 
it's called stage four, um, stage four, like IV CRC NED. Right. <laughs> so, any deers, right? And the any deers, um, right. you know, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a good little group of us. And, um, you know, I haven't invited a bunch of other people yet. Um, you know, because if someone pops up into my feed that I know is struggling with something similar, I'll add them, you know, but I'm not really advertising it to be something that is another huge group. You know, it's just going to be something simple, but you know, everyone is welcome to join if, if they feel like, you know, it's a good fit for them. Um, we have a lot of young people in there too. We have a lot of people that are parents and they're struggling with how to reemerge into life. Um, I know that's something I really struggled with a lot after, you know, after I was declared NED, you know, for probably another nine months to a year, it really took a, a toll on me wrapping my mind around the fact that I might actually survive this. You know, it was shifting gears from having a recurrence and going through more chemo and, and going through this phase of, I'm not sure I'm not certain what my future is and how to cope with that. Um, you know, and now I'm in a much better place as, as time goes on and as more scans confirm that, you know, I really am disease free, you know, I mean, I think it's hard to believe (laughs) at first, um, right. you know, or even if you have something small, it's like, you know, well, what does that mean? Cause you know, some people live years and years and years without anything. And, and the treatments are coming so quickly, um, you know, as far as the breakthroughs and technology, um, and in the medical field, um, for battling this, you know, there, there's going to be a lot more of us. I know that. So <laughs> I do too. I do too. Um, and I like that you use the word uh, survivor's guilt or the phrase survivor's guilt. Because I, to me, I think initially people may define that term as feeling guilty that you were the one that survived when others di- didn't. And I, I, I think that's how a lot of people take it to mean and that, that is the meaning. But it sounds like well, from what I'm hearing from you, that your definition kind of aligns with mine in that, gee, I feel guilty discussing my issues when other people have more severe issues. Like when I I found that I really started to shy away from the daily online chat group uh, that the Colon Cancer Alliance sponsors because every time I'd pop in there, there were people talking about such bigger issues and more severe issues than my little whatever, I just felt like I didn't belong anymore. That's exactly that how sense. I felt. That's exactly how I felt. And and I think I'm coming out of that more. Um, you know, I think being able to reconnect now as a survivor and coming in as someone who, you know, when I first started out, um, you know, on this journey after diagnosis, I was desperate to find stage four survivors because to me that meant that maybe I would survive this too. You know, if I could find this, this elusive, you know, group of people that had actually survived this or were, or were living with this disease long-term, it would give me a lot more hope. And they were very hard to find at first. And, um, so now I'm finding myself really gravitating back to the groups to try to spread that hope because, um, you know, it's great to have this new group in the safe place where we can talk about these specific issues. But I also think it's so important to give back what we have learned, you know, as survivors, 
um, and as as fighters of this disease, and and to try to spread that that hope amongst these new patients that have just been diagnosed. So, you know, I I agree. I totally went that direction too for a while, and now I feel like I'm kind of coming back in, um, you know, as much as possible with with life creeping back in and. And emerging back into kind of a, a more normal schedule now, you know, not having a million doctor's appointments every week and or treatment and, and, and having the ability to, um, you know, work full time and and be with my kids full time, you know, trying to fit in the advocacy in between has been difficult. Um, but it's it's really been healthy for me to express when I'm scared, express when I'm, um, needing the support and then also give the other, uh, give others the support that they need right now. We, we do need to give back. You're absolutely right. And and that was the impetus for me starting this podcast is, uh, I figured w- what could be better than having people hear the voices of people like you, people like me and the people that I interview a couple of times every month so they could you know, hear these stories and say, wow, that can be me. Yes, absolutely. This has been such a fabulous edition. I'm so happy that you started this because I really do think hearing the stories of, of people, you know, triumphing, you know, beyond expectations and, and really grasping life in a whole totally different way and hearing such different, um, stories. I love listening to, you know, people that I talk to or chat with online all the time, but I never heard their whole story, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I think that's really important. Um, because then you really do get to know someone better. And I think this is a smaller community. I mean, as much as it's grown, Blue Hope Nation has grown into a huge group of people. Right. <laughs> um, Almost 7,000. I yeah. know, but it's, you know, it's still intimate in a way that you recognize faces and, you know, that's how we got to know each other. And, it's right. um and and you you get to know people online and it's really wonderful that you you started this because it does give us a voice. Well, it's uh, you know, I, I regard each person that I have the privilege and I underline that word of speaking to as as my inspiration and my hope too. So uh, kind of goes goes full circle. Uh, a few, I guess it's yeah. You'll help me with the time frame, so I'm gonna take a stab. Maybe two months ago. Uh, you had a photo spread, for lack of a better word, posted on your Facebook page that was, I just was just blown away by it, uh, with you and a pair of blue boxing gloves. Tell us how that came to be and the whole story and what that meant. Well, it's kind of a funny story because when I, um, you know, it was, it was probably just before my surgeries and after my chemo treatment, I just, I had seen, um, something similar with, with someone with boxing gloves and, and it just reminded me of the fight in, and I found on, uh, Amazon, I just found a, a pair of blue boxing gloves that were, you know, under $20. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to take some pictures maybe in the chemo room or after surgery or something. And for some reason, I just could not bring myself to do it. I, it was like admitting that I was surviving and I was a survivor and it was, it was almost like I was going to jinx myself <laughs> if I, um, wow. if I, wow. if I, okay. if I did, if I did it, um, you know, it was like, oh, I beat cancer and then it could come back, you know? So for some reason I really, 
really struggled with this for like two years. <laughs> and, um, you know, and finally I just faced my fear and said, you know what, it doesn't matter if I succumb to this disease or if I fight it to the end, or if I remain NED, it doesn't matter. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor of this disease. And, um, my face is still part of this and it matters. And this is a moment in time where I really want to embrace that and, and celebrate that. I've made it this far and that I've overcome what I have. Um, and, um, you know, we met a really wonderful photojournalist here named Jeff Alexander. Um, and he's become a good friend of ours. And, um, he, I, you know, I kind of mentioned it to him that I was, this is something I was looking at doing for young survivor week. Um, just to show that we have strength and, and, you know, just to make me feel like, this is something we could document. And he loved it. He loved the idea. He, he embraced the challenge. He came up with lots of great ideas as far as uh, shooting it. And, um, yeah, we just shot it in our backyard and I put on the gloves and, um, you know, took a few poses, but, you know, he actually asked me about the disease during the, um, photo shoot and it, I start crying. It, it still hits me every time when I actually have to admit, you know, I have cancer. I had cancer, you know, any way you look at it, um, it's, it's very emotional, um, mm -hmm. still, uh, to, to announce that out loud and to realize that you've actually fought for your life. Um, so, you know, he, he actually captured that moment as well. It's like crying and, you know, the full fight, but it, it felt really, really good to embrace the survivor, um, title and to feel like I, you know, no matter what happens, I've beat this disease. Well, with your permission, if I could repost a couple of those photos attached to the post with this podcast, I'd love to have the privilege of doing that. Of course. Yeah. No, he, he yeah. was very generous and was, you know, use them however you'd like, because, um, you know, he knows that it, this means a lot to him too. He had a close relative, um, passed from colon cancer and, um, you know, so many people have been touched by this disease. And I think, you know, the more, uh, awareness we can spread that it happens to young people. And this is something that we can, um, we can survive and we can hopefully, you know, keep others from going through what we've gone through. I think it's excellent. Sure. So for those listening and you may be somewhere where you, uh, uh, can't click on the website. If you want to see some of these photos that Dawn is talking about, they'll be uh, on the Colon Cancer Podcast website. And that web address is thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash zero four six zero four six. And you can see some of these photos that Dawn is talking about. What I love too was, and it wasn't all oh, these cool photos and she's wearing blue boxing gloves. There was so much emotion in your eyes. And in your face, uh, that that's what jumped out from the screen to me. So uh, he did an amazing job. He really did. He did. He's an, he is a very accomplished, amazing photographer. And I was very, very honored that he that he did that for me because, you know, it's something that I hope, you know, it will be a tool that we can use to, to raise awareness about this disease. I really hope so. I had an experience and if it's okay, I'll share your share my experience. Maybe you had something similar, but I'd like to just kind of chat a little bit about it. I finished chemo. Uh, the well, I say the first time. Hopefully, it's the first and only time. But we'll see. But I finished chemo in August of 2013, and my family was in such a rush to have this celebration, right? Mm -hmm. 
at uh, the best steak restaurant. One of the best steak restaurants actually in the States uh, happens to be here in Tampa. And who am I to turn down a great steak dinner? Of course, right? <laughs> but uh, we waited six. I said, look, I want to, you know, go through my next scan and make sure everything's okay and, and all that. And we did that. We had this big, wonderful dinner that was incredible. But it ended Right. And you kind of feel like, and as a parent of two little ones, maybe you can relate. I don't know if they still play pin the tail on the donkey at birthday parties anymore. But, uh, I remember when I was a kid, when you played pin the tail on the donkey, you'd spin the child around, they had the blindfold on and you'd kind of like gently guide slash push them towards the donkey to pin the tail on and say, here, go, you're on your way. Right. And that's how I felt. I felt like, okay, you're done. You're good. Go have a nice life. And I was like, uh, no, uh, you know, I, I, it's not the same. Does, does that make sense? Absolutely. I think we, you know? we had the same like, feeling. Sure. Sure. It's like, but it's not okay. Everything's great. And it turned out, unfortunately, that uh, I've had some things to deal with and recurrences since that time. But th- that's not really the point of the story is, you know, for people who are listening, if, if you've experienced that, you're hearing me and we're hearing you saying, no, we all kind of go through this. We do. And I think it, that's hard for any stage because I think some people think, okay, you, you do your treatment you're just done. And they don't realize that you have a lifelong, um, you know, you have lifelong, uh, tests in front of you. You have, you know, side effects that are coming, going to come up for years. You're, you know, uh, you know, a hundred times more likely to have a secondary cancer. You know, now all of a sudden you have, you know, disabilities that you didn't have before. And you also have this anxiety and PTSD that I think a lot of people don't talk about. And I think everyone wants to celebrate the end of treatment, but that's not the end of cancer and how you deal with it. Right. Um, everyone wants to celebrate that. And I know, you know, we had neighbors also that wanted to throw, you know, you kicked cancer's butt party. And it's like, I just couldn't do it because I, I felt like that's not the end of it. And especially as a metastatic cancer patient, um, you know, you're never guaranteed that you're just done with it. I mean, I've known people that have gone five years and then at the five year scan had a recurrence, you know, I mean, so, but that being said, I think my, my opinion on it has changed a lot where, I, I encouraged all of us to embrace today and to not worry about what could happen or what might happen because really that could happen on any day of the week. I could get in my car and, and people, I hate the analogy that, you know, you could get hit by a bus because what I always tell people is, yeah, but the bus is following me. Like the bus is trying to run me down. Um, <laughs> and, and I mean, that's the only way I can kind of get them to understand it. It's like, yes, that's true. But I think now I, um, it doesn't matter if that bus is chasing me. I'm still going to cross the street. I'm still going to do these things that I want to do. And it's not going to stop me like moving to Hawaii. We decided this is what we wanted to do as a family. And it doesn't matter if we have more medical conditions that come up or we have something else that we have to face in the future, because right now I'm healthy. And right now that's what we want to do. And I think embracing life for what it is now and celebrating it, no matter what happens in the future is important. And so, you know, I'm trying to live that as well and, and spread that. Um, you know, amongst the the community, because I think a lot of people hold on to the fear and they never want to celebrate when really it's a celebration of life and it's a celebration of you still being here, you know? Absolutely. And, and so that's a good segue to where I wanted to go next. 
See, I said I didn't have anything to repair. I guess I guess I, I guess I lied. It's good. You're great. <laughs> but uh, as you look back from where you are now to uh, you know when this all hit, on the positive side, how have you changed? I think I've become a much more empathetic and compassionate person. I think I always was before, but I think I never really could grasp the struggles that some, you know, a lot of families face, whether it's a sick child or a sick parent or diabetes or, you know, some other struggle in your life. I don't think I could fully understand how those things impact you until I got sick because I've always been a healthy person. And I think until you um, are able to really go through an experience like this, it's hard for you to have that empathy and that compassion. And I feel like it's made me a better person. It's made me a better parent. It's made me want to impart that um, knowledge and those feelings onto my children. Um, And it's made me really, really appreciate life in a different way than I ever did before. I always have appreciated life. I've always been a happy person. But I think now I really, you know, when I watch a sunset, I appreciate every second of it more than I did going, oh, you know, I'll see another one tomorrow and it is beautiful. But, you know, now I go, you know, I really need to stop and smell those roses. I really need to stop and enjoy life, the the life that's right in front of me right now. When my child asks me to sit down and read a book to her, I don't say, you know, we'll get to that later. I say, okay, let's do that. And I think it's made me a more present person. It's made me uh, a stronger person than I ever thought I could be. I I never knew I had that in me. I always thought I had a really low pain tolerance and was kind of a wimp. And now I realize, no, I'm not. (laughs) Because if we can survive what we did, um, you know, all of us collectively, you know, we are super badasses. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I, I always thought I was kind of, um, wimpy and now I'm not, and now I'm not afraid of anything either. You know, I used to be afraid to get into an airplane or afraid to get into a helicopter or afraid to zip line and all of that went away. And I think that being able to look at life with, you know, a different set of glasses, you know, um, not even rose colored, maybe blue colored, <laughs> but, you know, really, really looking at life with a, a different perspective and, and grabbing it by the horns and, and going for it has, it's made me a better person that way for sure. You echo something that I uh, hear often and I could raise my hand and yell a big me too to that. So, uh, I, I want people that are listening to a conversation to know that, uh, yeah, there could be a positive side that comes out of this journey. Uh, I could echo virtually everything you just said. Uh, the, the part about empathy, the part about presence, uh, it's just completely changed, again, who who I think I, I am. And again, like you, I don't think I was a bad guy to begin with, but uh, it, it does have an interesting impact on you. And... Um, you know, and uh, if there's something good to come out of all of this, uh, this is a pretty good thing to come out of it, I guess. It is. I mean, you know, I'll never, ever, ever utter those words. I'm glad I got cancer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll never, ever say I'm happy that I had to go through what I did. But, you know, to be able to truly turn lemonade 
you know, make lemonade out of lemons, I guess is the saying. And, and I feel like I've been able to do that because there is a silver lining. There's, there's a silver lining to everything and there's a reason for everything. And I do believe that I've gone through this to try to meet, whether it's put me down a different career path, whether it's putting me in front of new people and meeting the people I'm supposed to meet. Um, I know I've shared this before online, but you know, sharing it with on the podcast might be important too, but there's a shaman law that, um, one of my therapists had taught me and I thought that that's really helped me a lot. And it, there's four different laws that they abide by. It starts when it starts, it ends when it ends, the right people show up and what happened is the only thing that could have happened. And by embracing those things, um, you know, it really put me, uh, it gave me a peace. It gave me a peace that, you know, someone who's been a control freak her whole life, which I have been, I always have a plan A, B, C, and D, you know, I'm always thinking about the future and worrying about things. I think that I was able to really give a lot of that up and say, you know what, I, I'm going to find the good out of this. I'm going to meet the people that I'm supposed to meet in my life and I'm going to make a difference in other people's lives. And it really has given me hope and a lot of peace. I, I need to put that on a plaque. I really like that. <laughs> I love it could too. You, could you repeat it again? Sure. It's uh, it starts when it starts. It ends when it ends. The right people show up and what happened is the only thing that could have happened. And I just love it. It is, it really, that is one of the things that really pulled me out of my almost depression. I would say after I was, you know, through treatment and just waiting for the other shoe to fall is realizing that we really never had control. You know, you think you're out of control, but we, you know, the reality is we never have control and you just have to roll with it and you have to listen to what life is telling you and you have to really embrace what's in front of you right now. Well, I don't know where we would go from here. So I'll just say uh, thank you, Don. Uh, thanks for making a difference. Thanks uh, for coming back on the show and sharing your thoughts. Uh, a perspective we had. This is not a conversation we've had on the podcast uh, uh, until this point. So, so thanks for bringing uh, something unique and different to the show. And uh, continued good health, continued uh, wonderful life uh, with your family in Hawaii. I, I live vicariously through all your pictures and your posts. <laughs> and I'm so excited that our paths will finally get to cross uh, come November. I know. So, yeah. So uh, thanks again for everything. Be well. Thank you. Same to you. And uh, I look forward to meeting you in November and keep doing all this great work because we all appreciate it. We really do love the fact that you've given so much of your time um, and effort to, to this cause and to um, really helping others, you know, unify and, and come together this way. So I really appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate All right. you too. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at the coloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www.ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at the colon Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.